Welcome to your winning journey podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Lee. I went from feeling guilty eating the foods I love and letting the skill control me to now helping you overcome this. No matter where you are or what you're experiencing, you can always win and I'm going to show you how. It is now your turn to transform your health, mind, and life. So let's do this together. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another podcast episode. Today is a very special one. We have one of my clients here. Her name is Betty. And we're going to talk about her journey while working with me in the six-month one-on-one coaching program. Her journey has been very inspiring. And I know that you're going to resonate with her story, especially if you are someone that struggled with your body image and just having confidence in general and wanting to build a better relationship with food, especially if you are just so over the diet culture. And so I'm really excited to have Betty here because through our time working together, she has literally transformed. So I'm super excited to have you here, Betty. Welcome. Hi, Sam. And hi, everyone. Thank you for having me. Yes. Can you introduce yourself to the people? Like, what do you do? So I am coach, not a fitness coach. I'm a career coach for creatives. I'm a fundraising consultant and I'm a filmmaker. So I do a multiple couple of things. I would like to say that I'm a multi-passionate that does uh, like unique combinations of things. And I coach people on that as well. Yeah. Betty is a very creative, spontaneous person. So I love it. Cool. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I want to start off this podcast by you telling the audience, like, if you were to think of your before and after, like the person you were before the program, can you talk a little bit about who she was? You know, her thoughts about her body, your confidence, and just like food in general. I think just giving the audience a picture of who you were then and what you were struggling with. I know someone's going to just relate to that. And so can you tell us about where you were before the program? Yeah, like if I think about six, seven, now it's been seven months, like in May 2022, the Betty then, I would say that she was one very critical of like diet culture and for as long as she remembers in her life she like struggled with like how to kind of find her own spot among like all the discussions about like body image and especially as an Asian woman like that culture where it favors like dieting a very slim build of body where she doesn't fit in and well, she's very critical. I think that there's a lot of internal struggle and self-criticism that she is aware of, but she doesn't know how to kind of like get out of that in her day-to-day. So that would be what I kind of describe Betty them when she met Sam. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I just want to like talk about that a little bit more because like Betty, Betty's Asian and I'm also Asian too. We come from this Asian culture and We are just surrounded by like, you know, the thinner, the better. And the more you match like the idea of what you see Asian models are in this world, like the more beautiful you are. And I remember like coaching you at the beginning of our session. And it was so interesting because you had this image of like, I want to lose weight, but I don't want to look like what all the Asian thin models look like. I just want to lose weight, but I didn't know what that looked like for me. And I think it took you a while to give yourself permission to 
lose weight the way that you want to lose instead of the way that, you know, your family has and put in you or like society in general, like the expectation. And so can you talk about that part? Because I know that like someone listening to this, like they have these comments coming at them, like you should be looking this way or your body should be this size or you should be weighing like this on the scale. Like talk about those struggles that you had and how it got you to think about like, what is it that you want versus what other people want for your body? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would say that you gave a really good summary of where I was. Growing up, I'm from Southern China and especially from that part of China, like we, I think across like Asia in general, we have a very specific kind of like slim, petite body image in mind. And in fact, when I was growing up, because I'm also tall and like there are times I wouldn't be able to find like the right sizes for my shoes. People would like when I go to shopping with like went to shopping with my family, people would comment on like how I don't fit in literally like the clothing. Like it was always like like a plus plus size, no question. But it was also because like everybody is so petite. And so I really stood out. I felt that I really stood out. So I think that like those early childhood memories that stuck with me even after I immigrated to Canada, where I immediately became a medium. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I found the shoes I could wear. But however, the, the mindsets didn't really change because I still live in an Asian family. I remember for our high school, I still wear much like, like I was dieting in my teenage years. I'm sure every, a lot of people listening to this podcast were, had that experience. I remember like packing myself like just one piece of bread and one apple to high school lunch, which when I look back now, it's like, what the heck was I doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I lost so much fun in high school and just had like years of like not being able to, like even though I'm like openly critical in the public about like diet culture, body image is bullshit. Like I feel like behind a closed door, I'm still kind of like confronted with those standards. Yeah. And that, like, I think working with you really gave me the permission of like, yes, I can lose weight, but I don't need to lose weight in accordance to whether it's societal or family standard. I can craft out my own standard. Yeah. And just so y'all know, Betty is pretty tall for Asian girl. I'm just saying like. I'm five, six. <laughs> she's five, six. And so I remember when we did your measurements and stuff, I was like, you know, like where your height is and where your weight is like that's normal and i remember you gave me the look like are you sure so it's just i'm just tall and i think that's really important to like bring it out here because oftentimes people mistaken that they're big but they're just tall or they mm-hmm. have like a a different body composition where their bones are just bigger right mm-hmm. they just naturally show up in that way and that doesn't necessarily mean that everything on their body is fat yeah yeah i totally agree and I yeah. have to say, I have to insert something. So I just came back from Japan. So Japan, when you go to hot spring, public bath, everybody has to be naked, naked, like not just like in their yeah. swimsuit, you're naked. So like, although everybody's respectful, like you see everybody's body is what I'm saying. So I just had experience of like looking at other people's, especially mostly like Asian women's body for mm-hmm. a week in the hot spring. And I'm like, wow, everybody is very different. And yeah. I am kind of like a little bit different than like the dominant petite Asian type. And there are certain things that like, like I might 
you know, there's certain features that like one person is like that and there's certain features other people is like that. And when you look closely, everyone is different. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up, though, because I want you to talk about how you felt in your body and like your thoughts about your body image. I know you took a lot of expectation or standards from like family and society. And so like before the program, like what were some thoughts that you had about your body when you looked in the mirror? Because I feel like it has changed so much since, Mm -hmm. you know, we've worked together and I want you to just bring yourself back to how you would have said to yourself when you looked in the mirror at your naked body. Like what were some of those thoughts? I think one of the thoughts that always came up to me is how could I let this happen? It's such a self-defeating thought. And I think mm-hmm. I shared that thought with you. And what I mean by that was like, because my weight fluctuated in my 20s, right? I'm now 30, turning 31. So I had periods where I was heavier and period, like like a lot of people, I was looking like significant amount of weight during the pandemic. So like yeah. this recurring thought of like, I'm the one that let this happen, meaning like I let myself to be fat and not disciplined enough, or I'm not like hardworking enough, I'm losing control, that's a recurring thought. And it all sums up when like, I look at the mirror and I say, how can I let this happen? The other thought that I think we work through quite a bit is like, I often have this thought that like, even when I start on a healthy habit and then I don't see the weight drop on the scale, I would say to myself, you're delusional. <laughs> I think like, yeah. You do these things that you think is good, but it's not having resorts. So like, you're cute. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And that was actually such a stubborn thought that you had. And I'm glad you brought that up because when you were in that place of like, oh my gosh, I've let myself go. Like, how can I let my body get here? And like, no matter what I do, like my weight is still going to be going up and up and like, it's never going to be where I want it to be. Like, Tell the audience like how that made you feel and how that impacted your action. Because I know when you were sparring in that, like you weren't feeling motivated at all to really do anything about it. Like you were just kind of like, okay, we're going to have the self-pity party. And then like, what what are we going to do next kind of thing? And Mm -hmm. so can you talk about that? Because I think a lot of people don't see like how much this health and and weight loss journey is really all about talking to yourself in your head. Like you did that a Mm -hmm. lot in this journey is like having that conversation in your head over and over again and making sure that you're not constantly beating yourself up every day, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I would say like 50 or 60% of the six months that we worked together, I was just like, yeah, this is not going to work. And there's a little bit of not a little bit, like it's fluctuating every day about like, okay, I trust this and I trust Sam, I trust the process. And then it goes back down to like, well, it works for other people, but it probably doesn't work for me because I have this habit and I'm delusional, you know? Like I've tried everything. I know all the methods out there and it's still, I've tried everything and it hasn't worked. So how could it work this time? And I think that it definitely like those thoughts and when we, a lot of what we did was like kind of, you peel an onion and you peel one thought, you thought you work on that. And then, oh, wow, there's another more self-defeating thought inside that next layer. Yeah. And then there's more, there's more. And I think I was constantly amazed and shocked that it's like how many stuff got piled up in the brain and the mind, the body over the years. And it was all like, not just negative, but they're like detrimental thoughts. 
Yeah. And I think something that's really interesting that you brought up was when I was thinking about our time together was when we were peeling those onions, it wasn't even that you had to change your thoughts because, you know, Betty's a coach. So she's like, okay, I know my unintentional thoughts. So like, Sam, how can I change it? I'm like, okay, we don't need to change anything. Like, just be aware of it. And I remember that was so uncomfortable for you to be aware of it and just let it be and not try to change it or not try to be positive about it. And just let you observe, you know, like observe how you showed up and observe like what happens if you just kept that thought for the day and see how it kind of passed through your brain. Like talk about that, like talk about that uncomfortable part of observing your brain and how that changed the way you started thinking about yourself. Because I think the moment when you stop trying to change your thoughts about your body and trying to be positive about it and the scale like that's when you started taking more intentional action of changing your eating habits, moving your body in a way that works for you. Like those little things started sprinkling in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I like looking back and find those moments really funny because like we were getting to <laughs> yeah like mini arguments because you'd be like okay, yeah, you're aware of your unintentional fault, but I don't want you to like just cover it up with positive thoughts. But I would go, what do you mean, Sam? Like, <laughs> we need to fix this within the 60 minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm a coach. I know how it works. You, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. write this out in a document. <laughs> and then she said, no, 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 no. I want you to just look at this model and then like let it hit you, not right now, and like hit you on your own time. And be aware that that's like true in your life. And it's like, whether it's a negative reinforcing model or like a, a thinking loop that I'm in. And it is uncomfortable for me, right? Which when I hear that, because it's like, well, you know, I can work on this. Like I can change that thought. And oftentimes I think like what I realize is that if I just like change it so quickly, whether it's like by typing it out, journaling, there's still like unresolved stuff. Yeah. And I'm not feeling it, like viscerally feeling or letting the feels come out. And so that was really interesting for me. And I, I still see some of those thoughts, like whether it's related to fitness or body image or not in life. And now I like take a slower approach and it's very helpful yeah. because it's one of those things like, that's why they say like, it's hard to coach coaches or like hard to get like provide therapy for therapists, right? Because we know the methods. And we try to, like, we try to shortcut like, our way. Like, come on, it. yeah, we get this, yeah. you know. <laughs> Give me the no. shortcut. <laughs> but there's no shortcuts. And I remember, like, for example, like, for a long time, you've been trying to tell me, like, you know, you don't need to work harder. Like, there's no, like, I'm not going to pull something out of the bag and say, now you need to, like, eat less. But yes, I would say, yes, like, I remember that. But I'm not working hard enough, right? And yet, like, I was, like, kind of doubting the process. It took me a while just like thinking that it's like, oh, he's actually working. Or like now I can see why the workout at this like moderate pace is suitable. And then my body started feeling to work out more. I would just naturally do it. And it doesn't feel like I need to work harder per se. But like saying those in words didn't mean anything initially. Yeah. Yeah. And so can you talk about that? Because I think like the people listening to the podcast, they're going to be like, what, Betty? Like, what do you mean? Like, if you got to lose weight, like, shouldn't you 
have to like work really hard like you eventually have to cut how like how much you're eating you gotta like work yourself to the bones when it comes to working out like you can't just like stay at maintenance or just go about your life and do other things and I remember like you coming to the car you're like this is feeling a little easy like I don't know if we're doing anything here it doesn't feel like I'm progressing and I remember telling you, like, if if you feel that way, it means that what you've been doing the past couple of weeks, like you taking picture of your food or you even check in with yourself to ask, like, hey, am I hungry? Like, am I full yet? Like those little self check ins that has become a habit for you to the point where your brain didn't have to think about it as much anymore, you know, compared to like our first call or mm-hmm. even just like the fact that when you started thinking about like, hey, I should work out today or I actually really want to go for a run. Versus before where you were like working out, like, what is that? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And so it's like reminding yourself that when it feels like you're not making progress, it's because you've reached a new level of building habits because the habits that you've been trying to build now has already become a part of you. And so can Mm -hmm. you explain to the audience about that of like, why was your brain having such a hard time believing that it could be easy? Because I think everybody believes that, right? Like, it can't be I that think, easy. Yeah. It's probably still goes back to like how everything out there is still like kind of divides this world into like people who have like good figure must be working really hard and no sweat, like no pain, no sweat, um, no pain, no resort. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, if you are fat, God forbid, you must be working really lazily. Like, I feel like that's the, the model of most what thy culture is saying. And like, just keep coming back to that and being like, even when we're aware and I'm like, I struggle with that. Like, even when I cognitive aware that I'm like falling trapped for that, I don't know how to like physically move out from there. So like in the process of us working together, like, even though I knew it was about like, it's not that I'm not doing anything. It's just because like the, the things that we build in is become easy now. There are still like moments of like doubts of like, but it's too easy, right? Like, you know? Or yeah, like should be doing more, right? Like, what does more even mean? Because like, I think you told me that too. Like, if you want to go for like more workouts, like you can, but is that what you want? Yeah, you were like, nah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. At first, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think like something that I wrote down here is, I want you to tell the audience when did you know it was actually working? Because I think a part of your brain was like, oh, it's it's a little bit too easy. It feels too easy. I feel like we're not really moving that much. And Betty, I just want to say that you're not the only client that have said that to me. I've had like every single client have said, Sam, are we going to speed shit up? Because at this point, I feel like we're just kind of dingling. And I'm like, that's the whole point. That's the whole point. So I want you to tell them like, when did you know that things were actually working? Because it wasn't, the number that you saw on the scale that got you to trust the process. Yeah. I'm trying to think. So like there, I feel like there are multiple stages of me knowing that it's working, but I had different reaction. Like there was like the first checking, I lost like one and a half inches on my waist. That was the first time that I said, like, this is working. But then I went into this like, like spiral of like, that much work harder and like flip-flopping between working and not working. Because, like, I don't think the scale had, like, moved as fast as, like, I initially expected. But then we also work with, like, a time that where you were just, like, don't look at the scale. <laughs> because oh, so yeah. much, there was so much, like, 
toxic relationship I have with the scale dictating my own perception. And then when I really knew it worked was like, I think that into the fall when there was like a moment, like there was a couple of things that were like a, com- a combination of things that kind of signifying that this is working. One is like my motivation for exercising was like going up even without trying. And I had a completely different relationship with like with exercising, which was one of my goal, like in and of itself. And then second thing was like, just like I had a photo shoot in September and I felt so much better. And you could oh, tell yeah. from the photos that I felt so much better. And then I noticed like my body shape started changing in the mirror. And those like signals, like they didn't come in like this one, like I think we always imagine that like when we lose weight, it's going to be this one day you go on the scale and just magic. Then it's like, oh my God, from this point on, everything will be fine. Yeah, yeah. It was more like a progress, like it's a little bit of things that they on a daily, like little by little. And I now remember there's also a moment that like it really hit me one day as I was like meditating that like all the things that we talk about that it is about the old baggage, like the fact that I was flip-flopping in feeling that it worked and not work until I choose to believe that it worked, it wouldn't work. Yeah. And so that was also like a huge moment. So those things all combined together was when I started like fully in and not out. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because like in this weight loss and health journey, a lot of people think that like the tangible things, like the things that you can see is the only things that you can use to measure whether something is working. Right. So we're thinking about like the scale. We're thinking about like what you see in the mirror or the measurements, like, yes, those are things that you should keep track of to to check your progress. But what I'm hearing from you is like you really checked in with how you felt. Mm-hmm. Like, how were you feeling? How was your body feeling? And I know something that you did a lot when you were really looking at your progress was you kept going back to like, how would past Betty handle this situation versus like me right now? Like, how would I handle this situation? Mm-hmm. And it got me thinking about like when you had that photo shoot coming up and you were shopping for clothes and you went to those stores with your mom and you were like, mm-hmm. oh, I actually like this on me or I actually want to pick that. Like you weren't afraid to like pick different types of clothes because you felt confident in your body, you know, mm-hmm. versus like past Betty. You were telling me that she would be a little bit timid. She might pick something that her mom would have picked for her that she didn't feel the most comfortable in. And she probably wouldn't feel as confident showing up in the photo shoot in a way that she would in these pictures that you took in September. And I think like you constantly going back to like, this is how I would handle it now versus like how I would handle it before. Even when it came to food, it helped you see like, oh, like I am progressing. And we had to keep having those conversations so that your brain was getting on board. Like I remember you saying, I feel bad because I can't finish all the food that I order because I love variety. And so I would just order all these different dishes, mm-hmm. but then I feel bad that I'm not the one finishing it. And then now you're like, well, I just like variety. I'm going to order them, but I'm not going to finish it. And it's mm-hmm. fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good key point that I would like kind of think of like, oh, what would I have done three months before and what would I have done now? Even 
like for the trip that I just came back to, like for the audience to know, I went off for like a one month travel. I remember usually like before I go to travel, I would have like this mixed bag of like excitement and fear because like I love food and I like eating without restriction when I'm traveling. I don't want to like be tracking my calories or whatnot when I'm traveling. But at the same time, like because of like I know how much I enjoy like exploring different food, I would always like before I would always fear that that would like make me gain weight or like throw me off track as if there's like a track that we are on and be very stressed about it. And on this trip, none of that stress existed. You know that you change when you look back to some kind of thoughts that you had before and you feel like, oh, that was so silly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Did you have that on the trip? Yeah, I did. Because I there were moments that like I didn't constantly think about it, but there were moments that I would be like, Wow, I'm like literally not thinking about that. Like I'm thinking about like, wow, I'm not thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you were probably like, oh, like I'm not anxious around food, or like I don't care mm-hmm. for eating out. Like I know how much I'm supposed to eat, and like I know how much my portion is. So I'm not like this is one less thing to worry about. Food and my body is one less thing to worry about. On top of all the things that I could be worrying about on this trip. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. I was like, that is so huge. Like, imagine how much brain capacity you have for not just even worrying about your body and your food decisions going on a trip for an entire month. Yeah. Like, it just in life in general, you would have so much more room to think about other things that they start thinking about or enjoy life. It's not worth fussing over. And I know that, like, People hearing this podcast, including myself, like six months ago, we hear that all the time, right? Like, don't overthink about your body, but like, it is, it takes work to make those like internal changes. And I'm glad that I did that with you. Did you, like, when you were thinking about this program Uh or just you were thinking about joining, did you had any idea that it was going to be a lot of internal work? I had an idea that it would be Mm because like, because of like, I do coaching and like, I know that like, if it's not that, it's probably not going to work because I've tried things, right? I've tried yeah. getting a personal trainer. I've tried like signing up for like, I don't know, fitness class or something. So I know that that, that is not going to cut it. But I didn't expect certain areas that we went into. Or I didn't expect moments where you told me, don't cover it up with positive thinking. That I did not expect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because the things that I often talk about on the podcast is I'm like, if you've tried the diets, you've tried the classes, you've tried like the PDF workout programs and like you tried all the things, kind of like what you were saying in the beginning and mm-hmm. you still feel like you stuck or you still feel like what is going on with me? Like, why is it that I something just can't stick? Like, why is it not working? Mm-hmm. I just want to offer you that you're missing the mindset part of it when it comes to losing weight. Like you're trying to outwork your mindset by trying to follow a meal plan or workout plan. And it really starts with you having to change your thoughts about yourself and your body and the way you think about food, but you can't change those thoughts until you become aware of them, which is a lot of the work that we both did together during our time together is you understanding like what is your true, true thoughts about the way you think about food, the way you think about your body, and the way you think about the scale. Yeah. 
I'm glad that you think like we we're talking about this because one thing that I think was truly like transformational for our work together is like kind of identifying what works for individual like you have this ability to identify what works for each client in my case I think that you just kind of point and rank sec to me like I feel like you don't like following rules like knowing you like at some point in the program not at the beginning yeah and I'm like yes that's true because like <laughs> if that. I'm a rule follower I wouldn't have like found in my own business like you know there's so many things about me that is like rule breaking is good for me and defines who I am and so you know to give a concrete example at one point I was like oh Sam I think I do want to give like intermittent fasting a try again because like I did it accidentally one day and felt good and I remember that like your first warning for me was like if it feels good you can do it but I just don't want you to be rigid about it and I was like what do you mean and then you said like you know on days that you are actually have so like long of like meal time in between that you can't eat, I would recommend that you still eat breakfast, which was like kind of like blew my mind because I was like, wait, Sam, that's not intermittent fasting. You know, what people do with intermittent fasting (laughs) is they they follow the 68 like to the dots, right? And she's like, but you you know, that discussion about like, you know, there are some days that if you want to break that rule, you can really work for me because I just like, Sometimes I break rules, not even by like, because I feel good, but I just kind of like, I don't feel like following the rule today. And it's just in my personality. And it actually helped me to utilize those tools, whether it's intermittent fasting, whether it's going to the workouts, whether it's like intuitive eating and assessing where I'm full or not to, I feel more agency when I'm able to not just like be in a box. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing, too, is like when you're in this weight loss and health journey, it's important to recognize where you are putting yourself in a box and where there's so much resistance. Right. Like identifying that thing, because I remember when you brought up the whole intermittent fasting, I'm like, yeah, you could do that. But like, just know you don't have to do it every day. (laughs) Like it doesn't have to be intermittent fasting like seven days throughout the week. (laughs) And I just remember like your reaction being like, wait, so I don't have to intermittent fast on the weekends? Like, it could just be Monday through Friday when I'm working. I'm like, yeah, it's perfectly fine. Like, what if you still have breakfast early in the morning, like at 9 a.m. on Saturdays and Sundays? Like, that's fine, too. And mm-hmm. that was when you started slowly stepping into this identity of I can lose weight the way I want and I can build this healthy lifestyle the way I want. And it doesn't have to be specifically exactly like what Sam tells me. Like, I'm going to take what Sam's tell me and I'm going to create my version of it. And that's exactly like what I wanted for you was for you to figure out what is your version of whatever the tools that I'm providing you, because that's going to be how you're going to sustain your results even after the program. And so talk Mm -hmm. about that, like what part of it came from the coaching that you literally like add your little spin on it? Because I have so many examples of like where you took something I said and you're like, I like that version of it, Sam, but I'm going to create this version of it instead. Yeah, I I constantly had thought, hmm, am I one of those kinds that is really tricky? Because I I'm always <laughs> like, mm, I like that to eighty percent. But I I think the good example would be like there was a moment in time that I remember, according to the plan, we were going to add I think another session of strength training, 
yeah. to me in the like to my workout schedule. And I just said, you know, Sam, like this season, I'm like really stressed out by work. I really don't feel like doing that. Mm-hmm. And then we talk about that a little bit, like you know, didn't let me off the hook right away. And I'm like, and I said, like, I think I can still work out. I can't commit to like Tuesday, Saturday, like the the regular schedule. I have yeah. to like kind of go with my feels whenever I want to work out. And then that's what we agree on that. It actually ended up being, I think, that season of like busy in the fall that like, I went out to run. I ran out to walk. And I also like they still did strength training, just like not three times a week. And then you started saying like, you know, you can count all of those as workout. Like add anything that you're doing, physical activity. I was like, what? Even if I'm running for 15 minutes? And yeah, so yeah. like that feel really freeing. And then like, I think it's also empowering, like exactly what you said. It's like, I didn't just like take your words, but I apply it and tweak it to my real context, which was, I was really busy for a particular season. I enjoy doing, like there's certain things I enjoy doing to distressing and then I'm still working out. Yeah, I remember that. I was like, mm-hmm. you can still work out. It just doesn't have to be the way that I have it set up for you. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think like one thing that came to my mind too was when I know we were coaching on this a while back, but it was about food. And I remember you were like, if it's a long day at work, like I just want to go to the bar and, and grab like a drink and it could be like a random Wednesday or something. And like, mm-hmm. I remember you had some sort of shame around it of like, oh my gosh, like it's not the weekend and like it's the <laughs> weekday. Like, what am I doing here kind of thing? And you just let that be. And what I mean by that is like you've created this rule for yourself of if it's a long day, I'm just going to have a spontaneous meal or a spontaneous drink. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be a part of my plan. That's a part of my meal. And I know that tomorrow I'm going to go back to my normal routine and it's going to be just fine. Yeah. And that's very interesting, you know? Yeah. It's interesting how we how we see things in like really strict rules once we get into the diet mindset sometimes it's like oh what do you mean that I can't I can have go out on my own and eat whatever I want on a weekday when you say that out loud you almost go like what a silly thought like why would you like have that rule but then like we just kind of get into the rhythm of like imprisoning ourselves into those like makeup rules and nobody else care but you like except us and I think that like the value of coaching is like sometimes like at the beginning, we do need to lean on a coach to give us that permission. Mm-hmm. There's like so many voices out there is saying otherwise, right? Yeah. Uh, and so, and then as we kind of like build up that confidence, it's about like us being able to do it on our own without like Sam, you even being there. Yeah. And that's good that you brought that up because I literally did a post today. I'm like, you're going to be with your body the rest of your life. I'm not going to be there. (laughs) Yes. And so like, you're going to have to know what your body wants, what your body needs. And I'm here to help you figure that out by throwing so many different options at you, having you try different things and failing through that process and getting back up and trying again. Like that's how you're going to figure out like your formula. Mm -hmm. And I also remember like a scenario where you were like, I can eat whatever I want. But then you bought like the bubble tea because you were craving it, but you only took a sip of it. And you're like, all right, I'm done. 
And I remember because you had so much guilt around not finishing your food, the fact that mm-hmm. you were able to change your mind and like work on being okay with not finishing everything on your plate and sipping, you know, the entire drink. You were able to be like, yeah, this this cure my craving. Like, this is my food rule. If I'm just craving for something and I just need like a bite or a sip of it, like that was worth my money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just want to like make it clear that a lot of times I still finish my food. <laughs> just so that people don't think like, ooh, like the rule is to like sip one bite. But like, I think the key there is that like I have the choice or everyone yes. have the choice. Because I think you and I had a discussion where I almost felt ridiculous in that conversation. I was like, but Sam, you pay for that. You got to got to eat, eat it, right? Yeah, yeah. And and you asked me, you're like, did you pay for the food or did you pay for the experience? And I think that's really stuck with me that I pay for the experience of like having a really good meal, feeling really joyful and not like stuff my face. So like at any moment, realizing that I have the choice to today finish my bubble tea or not or give it to someone else, a friend or doing whatever with it is empowering. And yeah. I think that agency like creates more agency and just like from there upward spiral. No, that's really good. And as we're talking about this, it just reminded me that that thought of I always have a choice. That was mm-hmm. your powerful thought. Yes. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, that was when I knew everything was working. Because that is what this is about. Like, it was like, yeah, you could be taught all these rules. You could be taught like, hey, this is how you should be eating to eat healthier. This is how you should be working out to lose weight. Like, you could be taught all these ways of how to do certain things. But like, you have to feel like you have the choice to follow it or not follow it. Mm-hmm. in order for it to work and i think that is really what changed for you was when you recognize how much control you had of like oh today's was a little stressful day i'm gonna do some emotional eating but you realizing that you were emotional eating and you chose to do that that was more powerful than you not being able to catch yourself in those moments you know kind of like the bubble mm-hmm. tea situation too it's like oh i can finish this if i want to but really i don't want to Yeah. And then constantly telling yourself, okay, we have rules in place, but we get to choose whether or not we get to follow them or not. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like really good to constantly remind myself of that. It impacts other areas in one's life too, I have to say. It's like you a lot of the stuff that we talk about can apply to other things. Because at one point, I remember we talked about my stress level and you're like, you know, like applying the rule breaking thing here, you really want to be spontaneous then like, you know, I don't think that it's such a good idea to have like such rigidity in your schedule. And I was like, oh yeah, that really like stuck with me. Like we didn't just talk about food and exercise all the time is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like the biggest thing about like us working together is like realizing a lot of the times your food and your body image and your workouts it's a little bit deeper than that. Like that's just the surface level stuff, you know, but it's really about how you're feeling what's actually going on in your life and like the type of circumstances that you're experiencing at work or life stuff, right? Because that's going to be the stuff that gets you kind of like, oh, I don't know if I can keep up with this. I don't know if I'm doing this Mm -hmm. right. I don't know if I'm able to do this for even after the program. Like those are where the doubts and 
the what is it defeating moment comes in is when you feel like you don't have control over your life mm-hmm. a lot of the time and your schedule yeah. yeah and so like speaking about that i kind of want to go back to the scale because mm-hmm. i know we touched on just a little bit but i think this is very important because i did just want to let the audience know that i remember when betty like first joined and she would weigh herself every day. Like I remember logging into the Trainerize app. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's like weighing herself every day. And we would come on the call and we would talk about it. And it was like, you will feel so confident and then you'll weigh yourself and it'll be a different number. And then you'll be like, it's not working. Like the, I don't yeah. know what's going on. I think you worse would- than that is I weigh myself after a big meal, the day yeah. after a big meal and be like, see, I overate there. Yeah, you would like sabotage yourself. So (laughs) can you talk about like how your relationship with the scale has changed? It's completely changed. When when you ask that question, I'm like, the scale? Like, because I don't think about it that often. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. What? Initially, like you said, like I was self-sabotage myself. I feel like the scale was like a, almost like the, in my, like the words, inner critic, use it to like against myself. Like it was the perfect tool to like, discourage me because like not only was I weighing myself every day I was like using it to like disprove whatever I was doing so like when we started I would be like oh the scale is not saying the thing that we are seeing in the inches like we kind of work on that like because I really fought to this thought and it took me like a while to like be like like to even like say out the thought I constantly think of myself as like delusional and you're like what do you mean by that yeah. Uh, because like at the end of the day, numbers tell the truth, right? My feelings don't tell the truth. And like it really got stuck there. And you were like, I remember you really talking slow with me because like I think that you know how fundamental that thought is. And even after like we focused more on like, like I really needed a break from the scale. So you told me to like, for the next month, just don't weigh yourself, which it's funny because like it's hard when I give myself that assignment, but when someone else gave it to me, it was actually really easy. Oh my like, gosh, you know, really? Not me. Yeah, it was really easy when you gave me permission to not weigh myself. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to do it then. But like that exercise, I think like what the true value is, is to be able to see the reality without the scale and feel it. Because like for so long, I depended on it. And without it, like, I don't trust that reality that I can tangibly, like, live in. And building trust with, like, myself and looking at other metrics without the scale make me kind of, like, break up that dependency. And, of course, there's other kind of thought work that involve, but, like, with the scale now, I, I think I told you in, like, the, one of the last sessions, like, what I see, how I see it is, like, a, a friendly friend. Like, I mean, like you trust your friend, but you don't like completely a hundred percent like believe everything that they say. Yeah. Like, like, cause like they, like your friends sometimes can be wrong too. Like yeah. you, you have a good relationship with them. You work with them, but you don't need to like completely go with everything that they say. That's so good. That is so good. And it got me thinking about how that was actually the pivoting moment for you was when I told you to stop weighing yourself and you stopped and then you started focusing on, okay, how do I feel? If I don't have the scale to measure anything, like let me check in with myself. How do I feel? 
And it got me thinking about how that's really what this journey is about. Like when you focus more on how you feel more than the skill, you will actually take so much more action. You will actually feel so much more motivated to do like the eating healthy or like just moving your body because you're not so focused on like, oh my gosh, am I doing a good job and like letting the skill grade you and whether you failed or passed this week? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're just so focused on, okay, this is me feeling good. I'm going to keep repeating doing what I've been doing so that I can feel good this week and then so forth. It was becoming more of like, let me just weigh myself just to weigh myself, but I'm not going to take it very seriously. And I could see like the way you change your relationship with the skill as we were like halfway through the program or even like month four and five, you would step mm-hmm. on it and you'd be like, oh, okay, that's the number it's fine. And like, it just didn't bother yeah. you anymore because you found other truths outside of the skill. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that that's like not letting the scale help my reality is like truly one of the biggest piece of this because like, I mean, like if we do use, like think about what's happening, it's like, I'm like building muscles, I'm losing interest, right? And like there is times that like the scale is like fluctuating. And if I let my mood and reality fluctuates with it, it would like, again, I would just be downward spiral. And the more that I think about this is not working, the less that I'm doing anything at all. And it's just like, I can see it so clearly now how that like all creates this negative reinforced loop. Yeah. And you know what you just said there was, I had a thought in my head of like, when you stop relying on the scale and you build that better relationship with it before you step on it again, when you step on it again, it's almost kind of like your delusional goes away. Like you're like, oh, so I ate this food and that's why I went up. Okay, I had some like higher sodium food yesterday. That's why I'm holding up <laughs> more water intake today. Or I'm about to start my period. Okay, that makes sense. And like yes. you start to see like your weight fluctuate like day to day and then you don't make it a problem because you're seeing the evidence of of course it's supposed to go back and forth and it's not supposed to stay consistent i think like that was something that helped you so much which i think the first week or the first couple weeks would be hard for you to understand at the beginning because you're like sam i don't get this it keeps going up and down up and down and then you took a Mm -hmm. break from it and then now you came back and look at it and we're like oh it makes sense it makes sense because i could tell you all day buddy i could be like Oh, you know, it's the waterway. It's what you ate yesterday. You ate this morning before you weigh yourself. I mean, what did you have last night? I think like at that time, your brain would have been like, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm not seeing progress. <laughs> like, I'm still yeah. not like there. And many people are like that, right? Like, you know, like we've heard like why we all like, I feel like if you've been in like doing diets for a while, you all know like the, the rational reason why weights fluctuate. But yeah. even when we are told, we would be like, but I'm not supposed to fluctuate, right? Yeah. So like there is like a, a, a disjuncture that we put between like information, like informations are not useful. Like you kind of have to really experience it and feel it and like really turn your reality around. Yeah. And that start off by you putting yourself on the scale and really seeing how it does fluctuate by like experimenting on yourself, you know? Like just being like, mm-hmm. okay, I ate food. This is why I weigh this way. And just seeing the different scenarios come into play. Yeah. Oh, this is so good. Well, I just want to like 
let you share with the audience, like what were you could share three to five biggest takeaways or wins that you were able to accomplish in this program? Because I just when I think about you, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like you literally transformed and it makes me so happy to see like when you did your photo shoot in September and you going on this trip and you not having to worry about your body. Mm-hmm. Like it was all because of the work that you did of letting yourself be uncomfortable with the narrative in your head and just letting yourself observe your habits without trying to change them right away. And then giving yourself a lot of compassion for like meeting you where you're at making sure that you are creating this lifestyle the way that you want and not what I, you know, provided for you. It's like you stepping into like, okay, I'm going to take what is for me and what's not for me and make it work from there. Like Mm -hmm. it was a lot of you giving yourself permission. And I just want you to share that with the audience. Yeah. So like what you said there, I feel like it's like the top read. It's like having the agency and choice to at any second, trust myself to make the best decision for myself related health, fitness, food, whatever. That is huge. I feel like that's just like the umbrella reading that covers everything. So secondly, I now have a completely different relationship with food and exercise. I don't think about like I'm eating to lose weight or I'm exercising to lose weight. I'm just living my life. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And, you know, the number three, I would say is like, I just don't think about losing weight that much at all. And I trust that like my body is like, like I have a higher confidence, like in like how I look. And I trust that if I do, like there are seasons that I speed up, for example, I do want to work on my exercise or there are seasons that I slow down. I say this season, I just want to maintain. I trust that I will make those decisions too. So in general, I'm not like kind of giving myself a deadline to say, by this time, if I don't lose weight, I'm a loser. Like that, I think that completely gone in my life. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Because that is actually what this health journey is about. It's sometimes there is a season of setting goals. Mm-hmm. There's a season of just maintaining where you're at. Yeah. Cool. Anything else? There's so much. It's hard to like narrow it down to three to five. Like, you know, the scale we talk about. Yeah. I think that all of that just in general make me like, we talk about the mental space. It's just like, I can get the back time back to do yeah. whatever I want, even if it's like doing nothing. Like I just like happier in general yeah. and not fussing over every like night or every other night to be like, wait, I need to control myself, right? I love that because when you brought that up, it reminded me of what you said at the beginning of our coaching was you were like, sometimes I would lay in bed and think about like what I ate the night before and I would ruminate on it for a while of like, okay, why did I make that decision? Why did I eat that much? And like so much anxiety that was coming from it and just overthinking, Mm -hmm. overanalyzing. And now that you don't need to have that conversation anymore, it just seems like you seem so much more happier. Like, okay, food is food. Like, okay, we'll figure out what's going to happen tomorrow, but mm-hmm. we're not going to try to think about like what we ate today and make it a big thing. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Awesome. Well, anything that you would like to say to someone listening to this, if you could give your past self some advice or just someone who's listening mm-hmm. that was in your position, experiencing similar things as you, like, what would you say to them? I would say that like, if you listen to this, I know that for a long while, like 
I don't know the exact time, but you've been like bothered or like you've been thinking about like fitness or like been entrenched with diet culture for a while now. And don't let anybody to tell you that it's not an area that worth like working on, but just not in the way that diet culture told you to work on. Because this is truly one of kind of like for myself, like one of the central things that like been I've been struggling for so long. And I feel that the work that I did with you, Sam, like here, like completely transformed my life and is worth like the time, the investment to do that. If that's something that you be thinking and struggling for a long time and you just would come out on the other end and feel that like, why did you wait so long? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much, buddy. I think like that's the the advice I would have said to my past self too, is like, it might sound like a silly thing to be like, why am I struggling with my Mm -hmm. body? Why am I struggling with food? Why do I have to deal with these things? Right. But it's like, don't shame yourself for struggling Mm -hmm. with those things and don't shame yourself for wanting help. I think that's the biggest thing Mm because I had a lot of struggle of asking for help at the very beginning because I'm like, well, I'm really good at everything else, but this area of my life, I don't know. It's a little funky over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had the same thought too, if you remember. Yeah. yeah. Cause you're mm-hmm. so career driven. You're like, I am perfect over here. Like, this is fine. Like, but this whole health <laughs> stuff, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. And you look at other people, you think that like, they don't have that issue. Why am I here struggling with this? Yeah. Yeah. No, this is so good. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Betty. We talked about a lot of things and I just know someone took this away and got some good things out of it. And so if you want to join the six month woman country program, you can click on the show notes down below and apply. And from there, we'll book a sales call. This is the program where I'm going to help you lose 20 pounds and stop dieting forever and eat what you like and basically transform your life. Like what Betty says, I promise I didn't pay her to say these things, (laughs) but um, (laughs) I'm super excited. And yeah, like just, it's really amazing it's it's deep work and i wouldn't say that just to say it um and so thank you so much betty how can the people find you by the way i just want to make sure i list your stuff down there as well but where can the people find you yeah first of all sam definitely didn't pay me to say any other things (laughs) we didn't even like prepare that much like we just said like we have a conversation so i definitely vouch for her and her program second of all you can find me uh on instagram at betty x coach Awesome. I will leave her stuff down below. If you are a creative listening, definitely check her out. But until then, we'll talk to y'all next time. Bye. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in on this episode. Now, if you want to lose your first 10 to 20 pounds, eating what you like, no diets, no restriction, and build a consistent and confident lifestyle, my one-on-one coaching program is now open for enrollment. To apply, visit www.superlysamp.com. And from there, we'll book a call to see if you are a great fit. I'm so excited to serve you in this program. But until then, I'll talk to you next week.